The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 261 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? Good, a big day, a banner day for us to Get excited to talk about an actual Damian Lillard trade, although not the one we were told to expect. Yeah. I mean, a wild trade, like out of nowhere, too. But you know what? That wasn't that part actually didn't surprise me. That obviously the actual location surprised me, but we talked about this before. When when there's so much buildup, it seems like it never happens. And then the actual big trades like come like a you know silent assassin in the night where it's like KD gets traded or something that you know some crazy trade happens and it just takes everyone by surprise. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because there was kind of some whispers. So the the Miami thing I think was just never going to happen after the league kind of got involved, right? And and I think there's a couple different things to talk about and we'll actually get over to go into the trade, but kind of like the sure. mechanics of it is fun. So then there was this like whisper that it was going to be like Toronto and then everyone's like, well, what is Toronto going to trade to Portland? Like, are they really going to trade like Scotty Barnes and some other stuff for Dame? Does that make sense? Does Portland want those guys? And then we just see this like drop of like, you know, a woge bomb that like Dame's going to Milwaukee, which I mean, I, I don't know, Zan. Like if you had made a list of teams, rank order of one to 30 that you thought one to 29 that you thought Dame could get traded to, surely Milwaukee would have been very low on the list. Well, bottom half, because it's, it seemed like he had his heart set in Miami. It seemed like he was being very picky. And um, and then now people are like reading the tea leaves in the past. I don't know if you saw this. Like Giannis picked Dame in the all-star draft. And I guess at one point, Damian Lillard tweeted that of all the stars, he'd want to play with Giannis. This was like a throwaway tweet two or three years ago. So maybe they've secretly had some sort of, not agreement, but just sort of like a flirtation. But at the time, you know, when the trade was announced, yeah, because you didn't think he would go to a small market team like this or a non-glamour market team. Like and this. I think it's a really interesting discussion. I, I don't remember if it was you that said this to me, but like if it doesn't work out next year, like he'll just ask out anyway. And obviously yeah. Giannis's free agency is quite a big storyline for 2025 uh, to the point that. I think I've told you this before, but like I've already heard that the Bucks, like one of the reasons the Bucks owner sold was because like he just figured Giannis wasn't going to stay. And so like their value for what he could get if the franchise was even with the new TV deal was like, all right, I'm just going to do this now, basically. Um, well, yeah, we could get into the trade. But that's why I like the trade from Milwaukee, because we were very high in Milwaukee the last couple of years. At least I was. I think I picked them to win the title. Every single year that we've done this podcast, except for the first one. But if this was the summer that it started to feel like the tide was turning, where you're worried about Giannis's knee, you're worried about his free agency, you know, the supporting cast was was old. I mean, and getting older and, and in their 30s and mid-30s. And it felt like there's no reason for, for Giannis to stick around and he would eventually leave. 
I don't know if that's changed. I don't know if that part has changed. I still don't know if they, these two guys are going to be there in three years, but I definitely think it gives them an increased title chance now. I, I don't know. Some people don't agree with that. I think mm-hmm. it's clearly a <laughs> help. Quick, quick, just like point on this. Isn't Dame, is Dame older than Drew Holiday or younger? I think he's, maybe he is so, older. Let's so see. Dame he's, is 33 years old. He turned 33 in July. Let's see. Drew Holiday is one of those guys that was like the Jason Tatum before. 33. He's So yeah. he's a month old. He's a month younger than Drew Holiday. And, but it's just the fact that, you know, I don't think they're much younger. Don't get me wrong. I just think they're a little better. So um, I. Okay, so let's let's walk through what the actual yeah, trade is sure. and then we can then we can talk about it. So full trade, the Bucks get just Dame. Uh the Blazers get Drew, DeAndre Ayton. That's another like, big part of this that it just doesn't even feel like it's coming up. Tumani Camera, who's a uh young guy, 2029 Bucks pick, first rounder, and then 2028 and 2023 and 2030, 2020, uh pick swaps with the Bucks. And then the Suns get Nurkic, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson, and Grayson Allen. And I think the Suns did the best here, personally. Well, let's, but let's, let's break let's it down by team. team. Let's yeah, do the Bucks I think first. The Bucks first. Um, I think, well, you talk about Grayson Allen, you know, whatever. He started for them, right? I mean, that's not an insignificant throw-in from their perspective, even if he was just, like, mediocre. So they're getting thinner. And I think that's the concern. It's like, hey... Your perimeter defense is weak now. Lillard and Pat Connington, maybe? Who are your starting Yeah, I, I would imagine Connington is... I made a joke that I wanted Ty Ty Washington to start <laughs> alongside Lillard, but like you'd be really bad defensively. So like I, I would imagine it'll be Lillard, Connington, Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez. Would be Which my guess. Fine, but the, that's thin. And I think you have Crowder still on the team. They have Crowder. They have Wesley and Matthews. They're, have- they're high on... The fans are high on, I think, a guy who's like a real big X factor, actually. Um, Marjan Bochamp, who was a rookie last year from the G League. And apparently he's a good defender. He didn't play a ton last year and he can't shoot. But the good thing about having Damian Lillard is like you don't necessarily need spacing in the same way that you did before because he's like a one man spacer. I, one second, I misspoke. Not Wes Matthews. Malik Beasley is, I just yeah. confused the two of them because I'm getting old. But like Malik, Be- Malik Beasley would be another guy that could play on the wing. But yeah, Bochamp, go ahead. Bochamp, yeah. So like you're talking about a defender. Like maybe if he could be a positive defender, like even if he can be Josh Akogi next year, like is that enough? Maybe. You know? And it's interesting. And you like, have Bobby Portis's bench. Like their bench is okay in the front. They court, drafted right? Andre Jackson from UConn, who people like as kind of like your yeah. jack of all trades wing who can do everything but score. Like I said, they have Ty Ty Washington, who I kind of like. Chris Livington. Chris Livingston is a bigger wing from Kentucky, who's probably more of a three four than he is a two three, but also, well, they're not guy. playing. They're not playing Chris Livingston or Ty Ty in the playoffs. Maybe not. Ty, Ty, and they might not play Marjan Bochamp either. But yeah, no, they exactly. need to play somebody. Uh, so my initial thoughts are that this is a better deal for Milwaukee. Like they do get better, right? They needed to figure out how to not play Grayson Allen late in the season. Like they yeah. needed shooting without Grayson Allen. So that's a good point. If yeah. Dame can play. 50 games in the regular season and stay healthy. Same, same with Giannis. I, I think it's very fair. And you've been kind of like leading the charge on this, but to question like how healthy is Giannis? Like his knee is, we've already, we've heard some whispers. The guy plays super hard every night, but they now have a guy who is just like an instant floor spacer by himself. Like this will, 
as good as Chris Middleton is and as good as I, I mean, I am as high on Drew Holiday as anybody like Damian Lillard is a hall of famer on merit. He's the best player that Giannis will have played against, will have played with basically. And he instantly turns them into some, an offense where you cannot pack the paint anymore. You just can't do it because if Dame is on the floor, you need to, you have to guard. And so now you have Brooke Lopez as a jump shooter. You have Middleton who, I kind of think Middleton's washed, but we'll see. And then you have Dame. Those guys can all shoot from the perimeter. And then you have Giannis, who's just free to bowl his way to the basket at all times. Like, how do you guard a Giannis, Dame Lillard pick and rolls in? Yeah, and and you're right. Because it's like Drew Holiday, everyone loves him, right? I mean, he's like universally loved by fans and teams. But he's a very good defender, great defender. I think like an above average offensive player, like I, as yeah. far as a starting point guard goes and like his shooting has been good in the regular season. This is his three point shooting in the last three playoffs on high volume, 30%, 32%, 29% last year in five games. So he's a little limited there. And so like when you couple that with Giannis, who's not a shooter, like their offense could get bogged down at times. And so right. I think it does open things up. I think your point about they don't need Grayson Allen as a shooter anymore is really huge. And it, although I'm now nervous because I was thinking they're the favorite for the title, but if you think Chris Middleton's not going to get back close to where he was, then that's a major problem. Well, the other thing I'll say too, is that I think from a defensive standpoint, like, yes, in my opinion, Drew has been the best defender on a night in night out basis on the wing for the last, like, I would just say like for five years and it maybe not like, you know, there's probably guys that have been better than him on a, a normal basis. But like, if I could have one guy who I think can guard one to three, I I would say Kawhi, but obviously like, he's not as reliable. Like Drew is that reliable. Like that's just how good he is, but they do have Giannis. And then they also have Brooke Lopez, who is still a fantastic defender. So they, yes, they might struggle in terms of like how, you know, like maybe Donovan Mitchell can light him up or something like somebody like right. that, but those guys are going to score anyway. So for the bucks, I think defensively there is some concern because Dame is clearly miles worse at defense. And so they will need a bigger wing stopper. Um, and like you said, they do have these guys on the bench that are like, just never going to play <laughs> like Thanasis and, you know, but I, I just think that, like, from an offensive perspective, this just makes them so much harder to guard because they have so many different looks that they can throw at you. And and if Chris Middleton is still a, like, I mean, he's the third option now, not the second option, right? Because the Bucks were at the best at their best when Middleton could score in ISO down the stretch of games to take some pressure off Giannis. Yeah, I mean, Chris Middleton, look, he. He made the all-star team three of the last five years. He was averaging in his peak 25 and five. Like he was a very good player. Middleton, last yeah, he's year, really good. Last year, he struggled. And he's only 31, 32. He just turned 32. So like he needs to be that third guy. I think that's a great role for him, like you said. And I think also like your point about defense, like I think it shows you something about these teams. The big, Some of the big moves of the summer are like, look, Drew can guard one through three. That's great. But defense doesn't matter as much as offense, especially on the you know perimeter. And same with Boston, where it's like we like Marcus Smart, but you know there's a limited value here compared to like you know three point shooting. So like we're prioritizing that and thinking that our interior defense is going to cover for any manner of sin outside. So do you think I'm not a trade grade guy, as you know, but like you prefer, but the Bucks just getting the best player in the deal. 
Because I actually think all three teams did really well here. Like I, I'm not. Yeah, me too. Actually, yeah. but and so like it's it's weird because this is why we you know have a podcast. Well, one we're just you know middle aged white guys, so we have a podcast. But like we're not scouring the league to be like, hey, this is an upgradable position, right? Like we think Drew's pretty good, and so like they're just going to roll it back. But there's internal pressure on the Bucks to win, right? With their core, you know, Lopez is in his mid 30s. Giannis is getting older. Middleton's 30, 30 plus. Dame is thirty plus. Like they 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 need to win. Again, and they need to try to keep Giannis. And so this makes a ton of sense on merit, right? Like it makes a ton of sense to get Dane and be like, hey, maybe the only better player to play with Giannis would be Steph Curry. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, like, I agree. I like it for everybody, but I really like it for Milwaukee for that. For just the reason that we thought they were like on the downswing. I think I think this I, saves them. They're now the title favorite on Bovada, plus three seventy-five. Ahead of Denver myself, and ahead of Boston. I think I talked myself into liking this for Milwaukee better. And now that I've like actually started to talk it out a little bit. Like I originally I was like, you know what? I really think like Phoenix did well because they wanted to get rid of Wait, Aiden. just one last thing on my Milwaukee though, just to end, because I think we're high on it, but just like to the point about perimeter defense and small guards and everything. Who was the number one defense last year? Do you know? Statistically, according to defensive rating. Mm, In the regular th- season. Let me think. I've, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, the answer is advanced stat, darling. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, that actually was gonna. They they crossed my mind, and I was like, ah, I can't imagine. Yeah, it. and, and their had, guards are Garland and Darius Donovan Mitchell, of course. Right. So, like, but their bigs they, are elite yeah. defenders. Yeah, and I think that's what Milwaukee's counting on, and I think it logic tracks. Um, and. You know, they still like it's not like Bo- I think they're worried about Boston, and Boston doesn't have that Donovan Mitchell. Like, you know, I think they think Middleton can guard Tatum, right? Or Crowder can or, guard, somebody. yeah, Crowder can lean on him, Giannis can lean on him. Like, and again, you still have to get to the rim against Brooke Lopez. But, like, the final point do. is, like, is Milwaukee now the title favorite, as Bovada suggests? Are they the favorites in the East? Like, what do you think right now? You know, I don't know that I'd, I, I guess, yeah, like, I, I think that. I'm just really nervous about their age. Like, I'm not nervous. About, like, Lillard was fantastic last year when he was healthy, right? Like, so very good. Giannis, I expect to be very good because I think he's, you know, one of the three best players in the NBA. Maybe the best player in the NBA. Who knows? But I am very worried about Brooke Lopez, and I am very worried about Chris Middleton. And I am not ready to just plant my flag in the ground, Zan, and say, like, these two guys are going to be elite at what they need to be elite at, which is for Brooke Lopez, he has to be an elite pick-and-roll defender. And he has to make jumpers and can he stay healthy? And then for Middleton, like he needs to be able to be kind of another ISO scorer. And I'm just not ready to do that yet. I, I still think I would have Boston as the favorites, but I, I do think the I do think the Bucks are going to be tremendously difficult to stop on offense. And if everyone is healthy and like you can guarantee me that in the playoffs, I'm going to get, you know, Dame, Middleton, Lopez, Giannis, Connington, Portis maybe Malik Beasley bounce back. Sure. Like I would happily anoint them the favorites, but I yeah. don't think I would bet on them at plus three seventy five Cause I just, I think there's a lot of questions about Middleton personally. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about it. He, ne- he did not look the same last year. Like he, he never looked like the Chris Middleton that he kind of became. Right. And so he's a great worker from what I've heard. And maybe he gets back there, but like we know that father time is undefeated. And if his time has come, I'm worried about that. That's fair. So you're saying, you know, right up there, favorites, but the the floor is low. There's downside here. Injuries, 
age. I said it before, like, I don't think it rules out the idea that, you know, Dame pulls like a Kyrie Irving next summer and it's like, hey, I really do want to go to Milwaukee. I want to go to LA, make it happen. And then Giannis leaves too. Like, I, I think that like the, the house still might fall apart, but I do think it makes, I, I would lean them slightly ahead of Boston. I'm really high in Boston too. But the other thing that's really helpful is it keeps Dame out of Miami. So yeah, now yeah. you're because if Lillard went to Miami, I would have probably put Milwaukee third or fourth in the East. Did, and now they're in that one or two spot. again. Did you see it, it like came out that and again, this is I get annoyed by like trade rumors that come out after the fact, because I think, you know, as well as I do, that tons of names get get thrown around. Right. Like you can't say no unless you ask or you can't get told no unless you ask. And so. There's this thing about how like Portland asked for Jimmy Butler in like a Dame trade. And it's like, I'm sure they did say like, you know, would this get it done? But like, they don't want Jimmy Butler. Right. right. Like, it's never, it makes no sense for them. Bam makes some sense for them. But like Miami couldn't trade Bam. And it, it was basically like they had a few options to get there. And so I, I laughed quite a bit at like the Miami, like Portland asking for Jimmy Butler. And it just makes me like the media portrayal of like how this went down just makes me chuckle because yeah because well you did that was a spin yeah like obviously portland doesn't want butler they don't want i mean they can't get bam i mean there's no and, and that's not to say that like jimmy butler isn't an amazing nba player he is but it just doesn't make sense for even deandre ayton might be like a little bit older than i would probably want to get back well, unless it was like a three-team trade and they could send Jimmy somewhere else like the Clippers but like they're gonna trade drew holiday like i would be stunned yeah. if they kept Drew holiday right well, before, you know, like, let's not forget that, like, you know, we're probably talking about all like three teams that were involved, but Miami's non-involvement. Like, how much do you think that stings them? I think it stings them quite a bit. Um, yeah. I, again, I, I think we talked about this last year, but Miami got hot at the right time, but also Tyler Hero was injured. So they played quite a bit differently than they did in the past. They have to reintegrate Hero. You know, Dame is better than him. It's not a question at this time. And so I, I do think like there is a question. Is Miami going to be like, is is Miami going to be the eighth seed again? Yeah. I mean, I don't and think so. I, I think that they won't be. But at the same time, you know, they, Gabe Vincent's gone. Like Max Struess is gone. You know, they, they wanted to make a big splash and they, they couldn't quite do it this year. And so it's not to say that I think that Miami won't be good, but I certainly don't. I mean, we doubt Miami at our own peril, I guess, right? They're just in the Eastern Conference semis and finals every year. So, but I, yeah, I would expect Miami to, this, this, in my opinion, like puts Miami in a lower tier. Whereas, like you said, if they get game, perhaps they're in that top tier. Yeah, I agree with you. I, and emotionally, it's just like a gut punch a little bit. I'm know. telling you though, Zan, like, I don't think it was ever going to happen after, like after the league got involved. You know, Jimmy Butler posted like a Twitter video about like checking the bucks for tampering, like that he didn't know about it, but somebody told him about it. And it was like a joke. And I'm kind of enjoying the like Jimmy Butler, like reasonable human renaissance where he's like at the US Open and he's like hanging out with tennis players and people are like, oh, this guy's kind of funny. But the larger point is that I don't I don't think the league would allow to trade to Miami to go through. I just don't see it. And I think that when that happened, Portland needed to pivot. And I think that I, I think that Joe Joe Cronin did a very good job personally. Like, yeah. I know that there were reports that they talked to Dame's people and he would have come to training camp and he would have like gone all in on, you know, being there and being present. 
but with the idea that they would trade him before the deadline. And I think they were like, we don't want to do that. Like, we don't want this hanging over our head, right? Because like, what if we start out well and things are going well, we don't move him. And now it, it, this is going on for another year. So I think, you know, those 2028 pick swaps with the Bucks, yeah. like those could be really valuable. If Giannis leaves, Dame is, I mean, who knows how Dame's 33 now. I would assume he's not playing in 2030. So like those could be very valuable. They got DeAndre Ayton, who is a good NBA player, despite what people, you know, kind of think of him. And then they have Drew, which I would expect they will move Drew somewhere. So you got another asset that's like very tradable. But like you said to me, he's not cheap. So who knows what they're going to do. If you keep Drew, he's a great veteran to have with Scoot Henderson. I I think, yeah, I love the trade from Portland's perspective. Can, you know, compared to Miami's offer, which would have been hero. Maybe you flip hero for a first round pick and get a bunch of mid round late picks from Miami. It's like, that was really just like dumping Lillard. And now you have the picks, you have Drew who's tradable. Maybe you trade Jeremy Grant too. And then I think you're right. Like Aiden, is it, I think, underrated at this point, at least on the court? He fits their timeline. Positionally, he fits. They need somebody now, obviously, with Nurkish gone. There's a big hole there. I think he'll play well with that team. And I, the thing I admire most about the Portland move is what you said of like those late picks. Late, I mean, timeline-wise, 2028, 2030. Because GMs are like worried about job security. And you really, instead of that, Cronin's like, I'm going to set this franchise up for the future. I may not even be here for the future, but they are going to benefit from 2028, 2030 picks from Milwaukee team who, you know, historically you bet against small markets. And I think those are really valuable in the future. I think they did a really good job and it clears the way for positive vibes. Now let's see Scoot try to win rookie of the year. Let's see this like good, young, exciting team without this hanging over their head. And they do have, like I said, let's, let's, eliminate drew for a second but like jeremy grant is a reasonable vet to have like they do have you know like you said chris murray shaden sharp scoot simons finally gets a chance to like you know he's played a lot but obviously like gets the ball more plus scoot and now you have ayton who i do think fits quite a bit with what they do like he can screen and dive he rebounds and you know the other thing with ayton i think we both like Nurkic quite a bit but he's not a reliable like he's never been the same since his injury he can't stay healthy like Aiden's available right like he he plays like he plays a lot of minutes so I think that's another part of this that makes sense and then you know you have camera with kind of like Ryan Rupert as these sort of I would say like lotto pick wings where camera's probably more of a power forward but where you know you can kind of develop them and see like maybe are they the guy and you know now they're not in a situation where you know, we don't need to see Kelgin Blevins at the end of the year, right? Because we know what the plan is right here. Like, they're not going to... bad, that's okay. I mean, that's like... Okay. yeah. And in terms of timeline, like, Nurkic is younger than people think. He's, like, 29. He, like, you said he's been hurt. He's slower. But, you know, Aiton's 25. So there you go. Like, it just fits the window better. Um, and they they have a bright future now. And I really like the fit of their guards now. And Drew, um, does, have, Drew does have a player option, by the way. So, like, his... I would imagine he'll pick it up. I think it's like 35 million next year, but his contract is a little bit easier to deal than if you like trade for Tyler Hero, right? Yeah. And they're already saying like the, the vultures are already circling, trying to get Drew Holiday in terms of the Lakers. I was thinking it might even oh, happen how, by the time tomorrow. How are the Lakers going to get Drew Holiday? 
Well, I don't know. I think it would be, I think the realistically the Portland's going to get like a first round pick back. Like they're not going to get a huge value, but like he's, I think he's tradable. Somebody would probably, somebody would probably move it, but there's not a lot of teams with cap space to be able to just take 30 million back. Right. Like with a first round pick. So like, could the Lakers, and I don't know that they would even do this, but like LeBron's the type of guy that would be like, yeah, Austin Reeves is my guy. And then be like, no, include him in a trade for Drew. Right. Like you could see that happening. I don't, I well, don't I could, think the other, like, t- like not to think too far ahead, but I could see like, let's say the Warriors trade Chris Paul for Drew Holiday. I told you this. They and then Chris they Paul trade, gets... They can't trade Chris Oh, they Paul. can't do it. Because then I was thinking until, Chris Paul no. would get bought out and go to the Lakers. No, no, they can't trade Chris Paul. That's a great conspiracy. But they can't trade Chris Paul, I don't think, until uh, December, I, I believe. But, I mean, I actually think the Warriors are the best fit for Drew. That I, They're just off the top of my head. Like, he's really good everywhere. But I think that, like, if you could trade him to Golden State, it gives them another guard to pair. Like, I, you know, I don't know. But you could like, find the, the space. I mean, like... Clippers, let's say, if you think like, you know, we like Russ for what he is, but like Drew's obviously better than that. Yeah, of course. Can we throw in the you know, salary? They can find the salary. They have, but, you know, Marcus again, it, Morris or Covington or whatever. It has to make sense, though, for Portland, right? And so they've had Covington before, but right? Drew, they, like they, I, Drew would be a valuable mentor, but like I think he's too good to keep on the team. I agree with that, that they need to capitalize on like, hey, we're going young. We have. Jeremy Grant's our veteran, right? I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think they will do that. But there's no, in, in my opinion, there's no like immediate need to do it, right? Although yeah, I do he's think not that, that good that he's going to keep you in like the playoff mix or anything. I mean, it's it's kind of like we talked about last year with Utah, where it's like, all right, well, you still have Mike Conley. Like, what are you doing? You know, or, you know, now you signed Colin Sexton. Like, but that team was good. And then they weren't good, right? Like that was kind of part of it. So I, I feel very strongly that, you know, Drew could be a type of guy that does turn a title race. Yeah. If he goes to the right spot. And I do think like the California teams will be what we expect to hear, given that he's from LA, like went to Campbell Hall. Like, so I, I would expect to hear that, but I don't know. The Clippers probably make the most sense. Like you said, they have some matching salaries, but I just don't know if they do that. I think they, they, the Clippers, I think, hopefully they look at this Milwaukee being aggressive and be like, look, our team's pretty good or close to very good, but we do need another guy. Like the, you know, feel good story of Russ Westbrook's not good enough. We need like, he's making the minimum. Well, he's making the minimum for a, for an older guy, but all right, let's talk about it from. Well, so we like it from Milwaukee. We like it from Portland. I like it from Portland. I think Portland did well, personally. Like, yeah, me it, too. It, these situations you never were like. It's it's very tough to be Joe Cronin in this situation, right? Because you have to balance like, all right, well, what's going to happen with Dame, right? Because we, I think, I think we said this, but not on the show. But like when we saw it was Milwaukee, I think you said like, oh, does he want to go there? Because you can have a player just detonate a trade, right? And I'm yeah. sure they cleared it with him, obviously beforehand, and. But I, I do worry about that. It's like once like the seal is broken on like the loyalty issue. Yeah. It's like then oh, if you demand a trade once, then it feels like these guys just keep demanding and keep demanding and the, they don't care about like their reputation at this point. Yeah. I mean, Dame tweeted like and I'm I have given my opinion on kind of like Dame's social media presence and like attitude in the past, but he did tweet it like the casuals won't be addressed, but trail trailblazer fans in city of Portland that I love truly will be. And they'll be addressed truthfully. It is going to feel weird though. Right. Damian Lillard wearing like a Milwaukee Bucks jersey. It feels like 2k or something. It's like a weird fantasy team. I mean, and I do think that given how Portland has been the last two years and kind of Dame being in the Pacific Northwest, 
and you know his I would say I guess his Olympic performance like I think Dame's season last year was like tremendously underreported on and if he is that guy again yeah I, I mean there's it would be just some- be weird like you don't see a lot of and he has years left on his contract. Like, he has I don't, three years I don't, left on his contract. Him and Giannis together are making $90 million this year. It's just weird to think of Damian Lillard, you know, finishing out his career in Milwaukee. I'm I'm skeptical about that, that he's going to be happy there for three years. But yeah, I mean, he averaged just, just can you give me what you think he averaged? Points, I know he had a good year. Points I mean, and assists. It, tell me what you think he averaged. Just points and assists. And, and counting stats, we don't care about. But like, just give me the answer yeah, to this. I think he, well, he only play, you know, he took off then. He played season, 58 so. games last year. Okay, so let's say he averaged 28 points, seven assists. 32 points and seven assists and five rebounds on, let's see here. Can I read 46, 37, 91? I mean, this guy was like elite. Right. And we were worried about him, like you said, like after that Olympics. Yeah, because, and he was hurt the year before. He only averaged like 24 points a game. Like, I think his shooting numbers really, he really struggled from three. So, like, again, if, and we'd expect Dame, he works his ass off. Like, we would expect him to be good. Like this is, I mean, he could lead the league in scoring. I still think it's going to be Jordan Poole. I, I still like that bet where he just averages like 38 <laughs> points a game on like 45 <laughs> shots a game. But like I mean, that Dame, Kobe season, remember when Kobe averaged like 35, yeah, 35 points a game. Yeah. And he just uh, had, he had like a million games in a row of like 50 where people were just like, yeah, Kobe's the best. It's like, dude, his team's not winning. I think that uh, year, uh, Bill Simmons actually like picked him to win MVP. And it was like, so obvious he wasn't going to win MVP, but like, sports guy was getting a lot of like crap from Lakers fans. And so he had this huge column about how Kobe was the MVP on just like scoring numbers. That was like, so totally bullshit. But well, if anyway. you t- well, I think, well, as the season goes on, we'll talk more about awards and picks and futures and stuff like that. But like, I do think this hurts Giannis's. I think it almost takes him out of the MVP race at this point. Cause like Damon, like you said, is going to average 30. So, You're not going to win MVP with your teammate averaging 28, 30 points a game. For sure. And I think what I will say is that, We've talked a little bit in the past about like how the the media narratives turn on players who are like relatively universally liked, and at some point they're just not right. Maybe Shohei Otani is like the only guy who who can like escape this, but I think that Giannis, after remember, you know, after his press conference last year where he kind of like hand slapped the Bucks reporter Eric Name for like was this season a failure, and he gave that soundbite, and yeah. I, I thought it was a good soundbite, honestly. And I, I know some people were like classic Giannis. I don't think Giannis cares to win an MVP anymore, Zan. Like no, I, think I don't he, think so either. I think but he do, wants to win think... a title, and I think that Dame is the type of guy he wants to play with. Like he always makes the like. I know he was just training in Houston with Akeem Olajuwon, right? And I actually laughed about it because Gilbert Arenas did like a hilarious clip about how you shouldn't pay Hakeem because like nobody can be Hakeem. Like go get training from Tim Duncan and and spend half the money on it. But Giannis made this big comment about how like he doesn't have friends in the league, like. He does his own thing. He stays in Milwaukee all year. And like the other guy in the league that's like that is is uh, Dame. Where Dame's like, I'm in Portland. Like I do my work behind closed doors. Like I don't post crap on Instagram, whatever. And so I actually think that like Giannis is probably really okay with this. Like well, I don't think there, there was a report that said, I don't know how true it was, that a few years ago when Jimmy Butler was in Minnesota, remember, and he was getting traded. They asked him, to be honest, like, is it okay if we trade Chris Middleton for Jimmy Butler? And he said no. So you figure they asked him, obviously, about oh, this one. I mean, remember when, when they fired Jason Kidd, he texted Giannis, and Giannis literally was like, do you want me to go talk to the owners? Not not even saying, like, I could fix it, but, like, 
I'll have the conversation. I mean, he's a loyal guy. And I think it'll be interesting to see how he and Dame interact, right? Because Dame has been the man in Portland yeah. for a long I time. I kind of like that, though, because like even when Giannis won the title, I think he made some comments like, this is Chris. Chris Middleton started it. He's sort of his team. You know, like he, I think he's okay deferring that sort of like yeah, alpha I, dog role. I don't think he cares. He's going to play the same way. It'll be interesting to see if Dame gets frustrated with Giannis, I think, because. Drew's like such an all. This is not a knock on Dame. I'm, I'm not saying Dame is not a team guy. I, I think he is, but like Drew is just like your ultimate team guy, right? He's kind of like yeah. he's kind of like quiet Draymond in the sense that he'll just do everything you ask him to do, and he won't say much about it. And at the end of the day, you'll be like, man, Drew put in a shift today. But like, you do have to like put up with some like Giannis annoyances, which is like him just barreling to the basket over and over again. And I wonder, I, I do wonder how Dame will handle yeah, that. Because Dame true. is not the type of guy that's going to be like, yo, uh, I mean, this is a guy who wants to shoot it from 40 feet if he's feeling it. Like, he's not going to be the one guy who's like, throw it to Giannis and just stand there. And I don't think he will be. I think they'll figure no. it out. But you yeah, they should almost run it through Lillard. Like, and, and it's hard. It's going to be an adjustment. Because it's you like, you think they won't? I think they will. No, I think they'll run it through Lillard. I think because it's just easier, you know, for Giannis to kind of get his, you know what I mean? Like if he could, he doesn't have to, I don't know, maybe you're so, maybe I'm wrong. So let me ask you this. Uh, their head coach is not Mike Budenholzer, right? We haven't talked about this. Yeah. Adrian yeah. Griffin is his, this is his first season as a head coach. And you're going to yeah. come in with Giannis, Dame Lillard. I mean, he's probably ecstatic, right? But also the pressure on a guy like this is going to be through the roof. Like Bud would have figured out, you know, they'd have cool little offense and stuff. And I, I get it. It's all I, I wonder like, if Dame would have gone there with Bud. Maybe he doesn't doesn't uh, want that strong like veteran coach. That's an interesting question. Yeah, let's throw that throw that on there first. Take. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. No, I mean, I don't know. I'm wondering. But you yeah. think you know Adrian Griffin was a good basketball player, right? He played yeah. in the NBA for ten years. I'm sure he's got a son on the in the league right now. I, I am quite sure that he is very well respected. It did seem like he was one of the guys who's like you know, kind of next up as the assistants. Like, I, I think next year it'll probably be like, you know, Jordy Fernandez, guys like that. But it always does seem like there's kind of this hierarchy of what assistants are getting jobs. And it kind of felt like it was his time. But, you know, he now walks into a situation that we just ripped Joe Missoula for for a year of like, oh, yeah. this is a title winning team. Like, what are you doing? And I do think that, you know, he's fortunate in the sense that most of the guys he deals with are vets. And they do seem to have a very good culture. But I mean, we don't know how good he'll be at like. Well, he, I think they're right. Like, this is just less like speculating, but it does feel like the super superstars like that kind of coach more, where it's like they don't, you know, they don't have the coach giving them the X's nose because they view what? themselves as like basketball is this, savants. Is this true? You know? I think so. I think so. And uh, well, I mean, what I, about I like, like Eric Spolstra? Like, yeah, but but I guess he pop. did want to go there. Yeah, but who's gone to San Antonio lately? I mean, they won a billion titles and then just like tore the team down. But I do think Pop probably is hard to play for. I mean, and also know. remember, LeBron didn't love Spolster right away either. That's because uh, Spolster was like in the video room the year before, and Spolster <laughs> had a hotter uh, girlfriend than I think LeBron's wife. Oh was come on time. now, let's not get into that. The uh, but let's talk about Phoenix because that's yeah, the we haven't one talked team. About Phoenix yet. Also a not, new head coach. Yeah, I do not like this trade for Phoenix. You don't like it for Phoenix. No. I I think it's all right. It's so it's basically you know Aiton for Nurkic, right? Well, see, and that's what that would be my contention with this is that I do feel like I think Grayson Allen can play for them. I think Nasir Little has a chance to play for them. 
Keon Johnson, I think it's probably not going to happen for, but like they needed wings and they needed, probably they needed more depth. And I think that Aiton was a guy Mm. that it wasn't Mm. a great fit for him there. I don't think he really wanted to be there anymore. So like Nurk is probably a better fit to play with Durant and Booker and Beal, right? Yeah. And I'm sure they asked them in the same way because they've been floating him and I think they thought this is the the sun's logic and maybe the star's logic where it's like, we want like a banger down low, you know, to do the dirty work, like, you know, like a, basically like a Steven Adams or whatever, you know, he's not that guy, but just somebody who's going to set screens rebound is not going to like be, have the baggage of being the number one pick and, you know, wanting to be on the all-star team. And I do think there's a level of this where it's like, Hey, we lost to Denver last year. And Jokic tore us up, and this you is the think guy. That, like Nurkic is like the Jokic stopper. Like, well, they they've been connected ever since they were on the same team, and then Denver like reluctantly made the decision. Denver to was like, yeah, Jokic. this guy is going to be like one of the best ten basketball players of all time. So, like, let's move. The but guy that was a debate, if you remember, like which who should they build around? It was like the Jabari Giannis debate. Oh, yeah. Did you see when, Jabari Parker made a bunch of comments about how the NBA like stinks now? And that's why he's like not there yeah. anymore. I was just like, all right, man, come on. Willie Cauley Stein did the same thing. And it's like, fellas, you well, want to be is, in the league. But anyway, Jokic, Jokic last year against Phoenix averaged 34, 13, and 10, shot 59% from the field. But those so, are like, like his normal numbers. <laughs> like, I know, but that's even know, better like, than usual. Like he just clearly like tore up Aiden. Like they think Aiden's too soft, I think, for him. But like I just don't, I don't like the idea that. of building around just uh, for one opponent if that is indeed what I they did. I don't think they did that. I do think you're underrating Grayson Allen is a fine NBA player, right? Again, I said the Bucks. But don't they have enough little shooting guards? I don't I don't know. And Allen's a good shooter, but I also think like Nasir Little is a part of this deal that is kind of getting like hand waved away. And it's not to say that I think like Nasir mm-hmm. Little is going to be some sort of great player, but last year he played 18 minutes a game for a bad Portland team, but he average he shot 37% from three, 44% from the field. He averaged six points, right? But he's a guy that you can play as a rotation wing. And like, that's one of the biggest things that Phoenix is missing. Right. So we agree. We, we think Keita Bates job was a good pickup. We like a yeah. Koji for them. We think Eric and they have Wantanabi okay. too. Who's but okay. like, now you have I don't think their depth little. is as bad. That's where we disagree. Like, I don't think their depth was as bad as you do this year. And I don't know what Nurkic gives you. Like I, I have Portland fans that, are, you know, especially the Reddit Portland fans. Like they're like, he just was not as good the last couple of years. He's not, he's not as good yeah. as he was. And he's under contract for three years now. So is he really? yeah. And so unless you, and Nasir Little's under contract, if you like him, that's a good contract for a long time. But I like that. I think that Nasir Little deal is fair for what you're paying for. He's 23 years old. Like, and the cap's going to jump. Like nobody's going to, scoff at paying this year a little seven million and two yeah years. i guess you're right if he's like a good kid good energy and guy. grayson allen i think only has one year left on his deal anyway so i just don't think it moved the needle for i think it moved port phoenix slightly down and it's just when we talk about the eight and deals they considered last off season where it's like maybe they'll get miles turner or something like that see i i i think you're i think you're evaluating like in a vacuum and not for phoenix's current roster where, like, they're going to play Durant, Booker, and Beal as many minutes as they can, right? That's the bottom line. Like, those dudes, yeah. when it matters, they're going to play. But they needed other players. Like, obviously, they'll have games where two of the three play or one of the three play because they, they need to do that. But, like, they needed extra wings. 
They don't but what about necessarily- Eric Gordon? They have a Kogi still. They have Damian Lee still. You mentioned Bates Diab. Like- I think all these guys, like if you look at their lineup, they've now kind of, and again, none of these guys are in, in their own right. Like none of these guys are going to like be amazing, but like they just need to find like three guys that are good enough to play. So like you've got Damian Lee, you've got a Kogi, you've got Keita Bates job, you've got Grace now, and you've got Nasir Little, like, who can we plug in when we need a wing late in games? And now you've got, yeah, I don't know if that's Grayson Allen though. I don't know. I, hey, I mean, maybe like, it's not, maybe it's not Grayson Allen, but you know, Grayson Allen was like, is, I know they had Jay Crowder and they, and they, they didn't like him, but like, if it was like a bigger wing like that, I would have appreciated it more. I think. So let me ask you a question about Grayson Allen. And again, I am, I like Grayson Allen. Okay. For, you know, he averaged yeah. 10 points a game on 40% from three. Mm-hmm. Last year, year before, we, 11 points a game, 41% from three. But he's a, year he's before, a small <laughs> 10 and a half points per game on 40% from three. His career, 10 points a game, 40% from three on five attempts a game. Like, I think in terms of small shooting guards, you already have Beal, you already have Booker, you already have Damian Lee, those you guys have Eric Gordon. They're not going to play every game. That's a lot of them. Though. That's a lot of shooting guards that one. And roster. and Grayson Allen is a guy who doesn't need to play twenty seven minutes a game, but like at eighteen minutes a game, he's a pretty valuable guy to have on the bench. Do you, you know think. they had Bull Bull? I they do have Bull Bull. They also have Chimizi Metu, who people like. Andrew huh? Eubanks, who's supposed to be pretty. I good think backup. Drew Eubanks is actually yeah. a pretty good backup center. Like I, I think, like the the Eubanks like Nurkic center combo, people will think is light, but like I'm okay with that. Like when I would love to see the stats on. Jokic versus Nurkic like does it actually I'm the one portraying him as a Jokic stopper I don't know if that's true but like has he actually been helpful against all right here um they've played each other find that yeah I got it already they've played each other 16 times right so obviously some of this goes back to I mean okay (laughs) let me just give you the stats from the last I don't know I can go way back on this uh, last year alone, uh, so they played once in, yeah, they played three times last year. Uh, Jokic, 33, 10, and 9, 29, 8, and 11, 36, 12, and 10. Okay. So yeah, that was last year. Scary. But then, October 2022, uh, he played 27 minutes and he had 9, 9, and 9. Ooh, so, stopped. Yeah, so stopped. But then 28, 28, and 7 before that, 28, 9, and 9, 21, 3, and 2, only in 17 minutes. Yeah, I don't know that this is as good as you think it is. Well, and also in if you're career, thinking in his career, twenty-one and a half, nine rebounds, seven assists. But obviously, a small like, sample. It's there's hard some to of those out. in like 2017 and 2018 where he wasn't quite. You know, well, if you're worried about Nurkic as like a stopper, like you're talking, if we think you know the premise earlier in this podcast, interior defense matters more, and you're talking about the guy who's been the center for a team, Portland, in the last few years has finished 28th in defense, 29th in defense. 30th in defense and last year 27th in defense so he's not exactly you know locking it down like the cleveland bigs man these are so bad i i it's funny that you call them the Jokic stopper and we were just kind of like yeah maybe that's right and now i'm looking at these stats because what i gave you didn't even include the playoffs where he's just like absolutely just like eviscerated him in the playoffs like it's bad so- so what do you think that this leaves? So you like it for Portland? I mean, do you think it's neutral for Phoenix or you actually like it? for? Phoenix? Uh, I like it for Phoenix personally. I think getting Aiden. So I'm not a big addition by subtraction guy, as you know, I don't like to, to use numbers that aren't like tangible proof of things. I do think Aiden and Phoenix was like, just not a fit at this point. I know they gave him the extension and I know Monty Williams was probably part of the problem. So like, you know, maybe a, a fresh start was going to happen, but like, I just, 
you know, Frank Vogel probably wants a more defensive minded big than Aiden is, like you said. Probably. I don't know if he's a better defender because, like, Aiton, I'd rather have Aiton against, like, an Anthony Davis or a Giannis or, like, maybe, I mean, maybe he would, base. but also, like, it's more of a team defensive concept, yeah. too, right? And he probably thinks, you okay, maybe I probably think Nurkic is better than that. I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I think, I, I don't think you're, you're saying it's just Nurkic for Aiton. I think that. You like Grayson Allen. You like I think Grayson Allen is a good pickup for the Suns. I think Nasir Little is a good pickup for the Suns. I think Nurkic is worse than Aiden, right? So if I evaluate it like that, I'd say like, all right, I like it less for Phoenix. But I actually think Phoenix, like I think there's a fair argument that Phoenix got better. Now, I'm not saying that they couldn't have done something different with Aiton. That's a, a, a credible argument to make, in my opinion. Did they need to be the third team in this deal? Don't know the answer to that. Don't know what else was out there for Aiton. But it was pretty clear to me that they were going to move Aiton. And I think they got better in positions of weakness. And I yeah. don't think they got worse altogether. And, and Grayson Allen, to his credit, is like a real shooter. Like he's like if he's playing offensively, you have Booker like running the point, and then you kick it to Grayson Allen. Like he's going to hit those shots. Yeah, and offensively. I, um, but I don't know. And then the other thing I don't like about it from Phoenix's point of view is, if you're Phoenix, I kind of liked their chances before. Maybe not against Denver, but against everybody else. And then you now you're throwing. This is like thinking too far ahead, but if Damian went to Miami, you're like, okay, he's out of our hair. It doesn't really matter. The East isn't that big of a deal to us. Now you have this Drew Holiday piece floating around. And if Drew Holiday ends up on the Lakers or ends up on yeah, the Clippers, you know, like that could hurt you. Or ends up on Denver. There's no way yeah. he would end up. I, I don't know how. Like he's not getting bought out. So no. like he, he would unequivocally be the best like buyout market player since we've done this show because he's like not washed, right? But, yeah, like pretty much any team he goes to is going to help a little bit. I, I mean, I'm and telling then, you, like if a, if a contender and again, I, I haven't this trade happened about 12 hours ago or 24 hours ago. So I haven't really paid a ton of attention to it uh, in terms of like what's the best place for Drew Holiday, because I like I'd expect Portland to move him. Yeah, but I do think like there are so many teams where like if you just add Drew Holiday and there isn't a huge subtraction in terms of who you give away, like if you're only giving away picks or you know, you can dump a bad contract with a pick attached for Drew Holiday. Like he could make a team who's like a tier two title contender be like a f- title favorite because of, you know, he isn't. I think we also we've we've talked about Paul George being kind of like that ultimate plug and play guy yeah. where like he can just play anywhere. But like Drew Holiday is very similar to that at the guard spot. Like, he'll you know, he's going to defend, you know, his limitations as an offensive player, but you get good offensive performances from him from time to time. M- more often than not, I would say. And so, you know, what if, like, how crazy would it be if, like, Cleveland was like, we'll trade you Donovan Mitchell for Drew Holiday? Or we well, trade you Darius well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think Portland just wants picks back at this no, point. No, no, right? I, I mean, there are some good young players, right? Well, I think, yeah, I think he's he's going to be a mover. And, like, Chicago, that's why Drew Holiday for Zach Levine. Zach Levine, well, if you're go Phoenix, home, like, if you're Phoenix, that's why you hope he stays out of the West. Because if he's just like an add-on for picks, he's going to be valuable. Um, overall grades. Do you want to give overall grades for everybody? Because sure. I was going to grade this. I was going to say Portland, I think, gets an A. Like, I, I think, you know, of all the packages that talked about, this is better than the packages. And I like, I really admire that they went so far in the future and not worried about their job security. Um, And then I would have given Milwaukee like an A- minus in the sense that like, so you I like it think, better? You think Portland did better than Milwaukee? 
Well, I just think if you're Milwaukee, like I really do think they needed this big shakeup to kind of get some juice back in the team. I just think if the it doesn't help the long term concerns as much as I would have wanted. So, like if they would have traded somehow to get like a Bradley Beal or something earlier this summer, what like a younger you know secondary star. But I do think it helps their title window. And then for Phoenix, I give it like a C. Like I just think it's it may makes them a little worse in my opinion. All right, I'm but, going Milwaukee A, Portland A minus, Phoenix unequivocal winners of last year's big blockbuster trade, unequivocal winners of every trade that they're in, Phoenix B. And you know what else I like about Portland's perspective here is it's sort of like it's a feel good result because it's not like we caved to you know Lillard's demands and sent them to Miami. Yeah. In a way, maybe it's good for Lillard too because you can chase a title and have like that Giannis halo of like ability where it's like, I think fans are going to root for Lillard to win a title now. Whereas before he was kind of like starting to become a villain. I'm kind of interested to see how it, it comes about, right? Like Milwaukee is a small market team, bottom line. Like they have two. But it's hard players. to root against Giannis, right? It is hard it? to root against Giannis, in my opinion. They're on TV a lot now. Like you're, you're not, you know, you don't. People don't seem to worry about like Bucks overload, but Dame is a guy that in his career, as good as it's been, and I kind of think Dame is overrated on like a career from a career perspective. You know, he made like the all 75 team and like, apparently he's like a no doubt about it hall of famer and he's had a really good career. And I do think he's a hall of famer, but like, I, I don't think like, like I don't put Dame in the same category as I put like Steph, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Like, I think those guys have been better than Dame. Really? Like a, a little bit better. Like I would say one tier above, in my opinion. Steph, maybe two tiers above, to be honest. But I, I think I, I that, think if I think just to bump on that, if if Oklahoma City had Dame Lillard instead of Westbrook, they would have been a totally different story. And they would have won a couple we, titles. Yeah. We we don't know that. And all Westbrook did for his entire career is just produce. So like how different is he than Dame? <laughs> what? All right. No, but I'm saying in Oklahoma City, all Russ did was like just produce. And like how is like how yeah, he was that, awesome at getting those triple doubles. But how, how is rebounds. that different from Dame though? Is my my whole point well because like the I think efficiency wise, like he's just it's a different level. I mean, Dame's never been in the NBA Finals. He's been to the Western Conference Finals one time. Like and and, and again, this could be a career changer for Dame. Maybe he goes to Milwaukee. I'm saying if I if I started their careers over, I would pick Lillard ten out of ten times. I mean, you don't get to do that. And Russ was twenty when he got drafted. And like whatever, whatever it wasn't you his fault. It wasn't his fault. They lost. It to, was his fault. Like I still blame Russ for Oklahoma City falling apart and not winning. I mean, that's I mean that's a fair thing to say. But like them losing in 2016 was far from Russ's fault. Like I, I you, you like will not blame Kevin Durant for anything. I don't get. No, it. no. It's, I mean, I think Kevin Durant needed a guy who's like reliable to score in the half court. You know, because sometimes he needs that, and maybe yeah. He's you know. Phoenix. So why not? Why not get a guy who led the NBA in scoring? Oh yeah, he had that guy. That's funny. All right, interesting. Okay, so. <laughs> But anyway, my, my point in all of this is that like but I you certainly know Steph Curry, yeah. No, no, yeah, exactly. And I but I do think that Dane is viewed as a like a big headline maker for people. And I think they want to tune in. Like you said, I think they will want to root for Dame. And I think, you know, Milwaukee will get on TNT like the first or the second TNT night of the season, you know, after we get to watch the Lakers, of course. And I think people are gonna be really fired up to watch Dame and Giannis. Especially because, like, can you imagine how many articles there's gonna be about like how hard they work and how quiet they are. And like, it's just, you know, it's two guys that I think are a good fit in terms of like their personalities. And, you know, I'm, 
It isn't going to be. No, I mean, it, the, theoretically, they're a good fit comp, in terms of yeah, exactly. Theoretically, but maybe they've got heads. Who knows? Yeah, because like yeah, Dean is like the ultimate like American guy, right? Like he's sort of like the rapper from Oakland, and then you have a that's the ultimate American guy. Well, I mean, like what you think of like people an, in flyover you know, American states are, people in flyover states are furious at that comment. No, but I'm saying like when you think of an American NBA, he probably star. he probably drinks Bud Light. That's as un-American as you get. But and Giannis is like the opposite, where he's like, you know, like low key, you know, like I don't know, I. But maybe it works really well together. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, all right, I got one more thing. Yeah. To comment on. Uh oh. So James Harden back in the news, uh, birthday party or some party uh, had people at the club with fire with Daryl Morey as a liar signs up, but then he was at the. Uh, so I don't remember what the team, Houston Dynamo, I think is the MLS team. They played uh, Inter-Miami on Tuesday night. Harden's a co-owner of the team. He's in the crowd. Didn't look like he was in shape, Sam. Looked a little bit out of shape. Oh, no. Not do this we again. Think, do you think, just right now, this can be a 30-second topic. Will he show up to training camp, and will he play games for the 76ers this year? This is a side note, but isn't it funny? Like, you know, there's this whole like backlash against the term owners and, you know, owners are evil. Everyone hates owners. But then NBA players are so eager to own other sports teams. I like do hate, I do think pickleball or, you know, soccer teams or whatever. It's kind of annoying that it is kind of annoying when owners like don't take when owners like like players get blamed instead of owners. Like I, I, I get very mad about that. But yeah, it's always the owner is always the bad guy. Right. Um. Anyway, but so Harden. <laughs> Out of shape, dude. He looks. He. I mean, he's. What was your specific like, question? He's wearing this like massive jersey. Oh no! And his beard is like not. You know, his beard isn't like perfectly kept or whatever. And he just looks out of shape. But I'm just so curious if we're going to see like, are we going to see fat suit Harden? Are we not going to see Harden? Is he going to show up and like try to prove everybody wrong? Like, I don't know. It's really. I I can't. The guy is an absolute legend. Like I understand that like people are like, oh, he wants to get traded. He's disrespecting the game. Blah 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 blah. But like he just the. His antics are so amusing to me. Like, <laughs> maybe he's it's just like, like maybe there's a method to the madness. Like, remember he's when too, he's too rich? That's what his method is. Well, remember when Shaq used to get so much hate for coming in out of shape and playing his way into shape? But maybe that was like early load management for himself. You know, self instituted load management. Or he was just kind of like Zion without the injury problem. Yeah, was maybe. like I just I'm not. You know, Shaq has said over and over again, like he just wasn't the same worker that like Kobe Bryant was, you know. But and like, so, could he sustain that? Could he have been like the 40 minute guy for 82 games? Maybe and, not. And maybe not. Sucks. And Harden probably can't do that now, especially like his body. Maybe, type. but he maybe he wants to play his way into shape like that, or like, you know, or the way he plays, he wants to be like the power wing. Or there was, remember, there was like, this is way back 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like when Kurt, I think it was Kurt Warner was like, um older and he's like oh, i prepared myself differently this you know off season to take hits i gained 15 pounds of fat to kind of like just bulk up and everyone's like huh <laughs> Seems like a strategy. Yeah, I think you're supposed to be like it's supposed to be like a dirty bulk you're not supposed to just gain straight fat <laughs> yeah well he's just like i just gained weight and then i don't think i think that was towards the end yeah he, he that was the was that new york giants yeah i think order? it was the giants let me see didn't like, he play like, like two games that year <laughs> i think he retired in the middle of the season it was like to pad himself for hits i mean I, obviously i don't want to make like light of kurt warner um 
Yeah, he played for the Giants. He played he played nine games, but he did come back and have a couple of good seasons in Arizona after that. Yeah, no, for sure. He made the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. They made the Super Bowl. He had the one year where he was like comeback close to comeback player of the year, made the Pro Bowl or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Warner. Warner, quite an interesting character. Um, anyway, so what any last thoughts? We'll talk yeah. more about like picks and stuff like do that. I need What's to see, up, Arden? Do I need to see this new Martin Scorsese movie? Because I told yeah. you about this, but it's three hours long and is I it just, in theaters or on Apple? I, I don't know. Where is it? I mean, I'm more likely to watch. Well, did you see Oppenheimer? I didn't see Oppenheimer. I didn't see Ah, Barbie, which supposedly I should have seen. Um, But I'm very curious about. I'm very curious if I thought three hour movies were dead, basically. And so I'm curious as to your opinion about another (laughs) three hour movie for Martin Scorsese. Well, Oppenheimer's three hours did well for a drama. It's three hours. It's so much time. Mm-hmm. and it felt a little long but it doesn't feel like movies are events like that anymore right like avengers endgame like i i think that was three hours but like that goes like the, by it was like the end of the thing it's like a lot of action like whatever but like scorsese's doing like one-off movies that are three plus and it's like what yeah, are you doing irishman again? three and a half hours yeah and that movie i never but saw that was it. streaming i think if you're streaming you can get away with more what is it called killers of the flower moon killers of the flower moon yeah right I actually have an interesting. Okay, so it is. Oh no! Don't go off on indigenous people or anything. No, no, no! I'm not. I'm not. Um, I was. You know, it comes out on May twentieth. No, the no. Budget sorry. is two hundred million. It comes out on October twentieth. Yeah, that's a lot, right? For that first seems of all, quite a the lot. The running yeah. time is two hundred and six minutes, so it's not just three hours. It's three hours and twenty six minutes. That's too much for a theater. Yeah. So I guess it will be on Apple TV too, maybe. Yeah, Apple TV as well. All so right. that's that's fine. So just treat it like a mini series. Like just watch, watch like thirty minutes, come back, yeah. watch thirty minutes, come back, watch thirty minutes. Or two, two, you know, two chunks, two two movies. What do you think about people who just use the same actors over and over again? <laughs> like I, I'm just curious. We talk about movies. Are you just like sometimes. trying to get out of like work or something? Like you just now just. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm done. I'm done. All right, hey, he is Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. You can I feel like I'm something on a plane. I'm just like, I just, you know, we don't get to talk as much as we used to. And I just, when I saw that it was 200 plus minutes, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this enough. podcast might be that long. If enough. Like that, no, this podcast is this, you could do three of these podcasts in the That's time true. that you would watch Killers of the Flower Moon. All right, anyway. Dan <laughs> underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. Email the show Zan Ellison at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, as always, Dan, it's a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA show with your host, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.